Episode 45. 1945 was a momentous year. It was the year that the influenza vaccine was first given to a human being, the year of birth of one of the greatest coaches of all time in Phil Jackson, also the year when a brutal World War II came to an end, and the year when the United Nations started. Beyond MD, episode 45, here we go! Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining me again on Beyond MD. I want to thank each and every one of you for your support on my last episode, which was an interview featuring Dr. Matt Pointer. There was a lot of outreach, and I have to say that Matt gave a beautiful and candid interview, and he said many things that have stuck with me and have forced me to really reflect on my own life. But no message resonated more than his message about kids being in the house with you for a finite amount of time before they leave and make their own mark in the world. And this has hit me really, really hard, and it's forced me to think about the importance of creating memorable experiences today and doing the best that I can to raise my kids and be a role model to them today. Our time is limited when they're in the house. Make the most of it. There is no greater blessing in life. I also want to thank people for taking the time to check out my YouTube channel, Beyond MD, and video snippets from today's interview, which is featuring Mahima Podar from EQ Bank, will start to come on the channel about one week from today. So, this episode is on GICs, and I have to thank my dad for inspiring this episode. So, my dad is a family physician who retired about a year ago. And when he retired, he started to think really hard about finances. And so he was asking me a lot of questions. GICs and other conservative investments came up a lot. And that's how he inspired this episode. I thought I had to do a deep dive. But before we get to the episode, I want to give my dad a quick shout out because I really look up to him. I respect him a lot. And I have to say, busy life as a family doctor, would come home, lots of paperwork, but he was always there for us. Whether it was school events, family events, sports events, he never missed a day. He was always standing on the sidelines watching us play sports, and I will never forget that. It's something I try to emulate for my kids. Now, there are two other things I really want to mention about my dad. So he was a family doctor, but he did go on to open up his own clinic. And when he opened up that clinic, he created a lot of time freedom, and he also took a step forward financially. And when I look back at his experience, it really teaches me one big thing, and this is a trend that I see in a lot of people who've done well and who have had a lot of success in life, but it's that they really tend to excel in their lane. They really apply themselves in, in their lane. They use their skill set, their expertise in what they do best to push forward. The other thing is my dad really opened my eyes to the world, and it's because of him that I enjoyed so many valuable life experiences. I can remember in 2009 when I was interviewing for diagnostic radiology. I came out of an interview at the University of Calgary, and more than half the interview were questions outside of medicine. They wanted to know about what I did in my free time, what I had for hobbies, what I like to do traveling-wise, and so every answer was based on something I had done with my dad. So I came out of the interview, and the first thing I did was I picked up the phone, I called my dad, and I told him, I said, Dad, if it wasn't for you, I would have bored these guys to death in the interview. I talked about our love for sports, traveling to playoff games together, traveling the world, seeing Machu Picchu, climbing Mount Kilimanjaro together, and what these experiences taught me. So I want to thank my dad for being there for us, for for taking the time to be a role model and setting a great example for how we can raise our own children. 
So today's interview features Mahima Podar from EQ Bank, and it is a discussion on GIC. So personally, my highlights from this interview, I enjoyed learning about what truly influences the GIC rates that are available today, understanding why the smaller banks will tend to give you better rates all the time, and why you're better off keeping things simple. So why you're better off, for example, investing in GICs and equities separately rather than pursuing products like market-linked GICs. And we will talk about some of the data behind this. And I also was really interesting to hear about Mahima talk about what's happening at EQ Bank and specifically the different pain points that they are addressing in banking. I thought that was really interesting. And I was also excited to hear that EQ Bank will be coming out with corporate bank accounts in 2023. So Mahima Podar is the Senior Vice President and Group Head of Personal Banking at Equitable Bank. Mahima leads EQ Bank, single-family residential mortgages, reverse mortgages, insurance lending, payments, marketing, and customer experience. Mahima joined Equitable in 2016 to lead the corporate development team, grew her mandate to include EQ Bank and marketing, and eventually went on to lead the personal banking division in 2020. And under her leadership, Equitable has made several successful acquisitions, introducing multiple new business lines, and has taken the core business to new growth and customer satisfaction heights. EQ Bank specifically has grown to over 8 billion in deposits, over 300,000 customers, and has been voted Canada's best bank and one of the world's best banks by Forbes in each of the last three years. And with that, here's my interview with Mahima Podar. Hey, Mahima, welcome to Beyond MD. Thank you so much for joining me today. Where does the podcast find you? I am actually in Toronto, enjoying the benefits of working remotely today from home. Well, yeah, I like your uh, office. I can see some decor on the back there. It looks very nice, your home office. So trying to, you know, <laughs> put some green in there to <laughs> remind us that. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Mahima, when I was reading up on GICs, whether it was the Globe and Mail, uh, other resources, your name did seem to pop up a lot. That's why I wanted to have you on today so we could do a little uh, 101 on, on GIC. So let's just start really basic, Mahima. Just tell us, like, what is a GIC? So GIC is a guaranteed income certificate, uh, which basically means it's a deposit for a predefined period with a guaranteed interest rate um, where the principle of your investment is protected. Now, these deposits, they can be redeemable or non-redeemable, depending on what type of GIC you're investing in. In terms of when the interest is paid out, is there some some flexibility there? Like, can you have monthly interest payments, quarterly, annually? Yeah, absolutely. So every issuer is different. Um, annually is probably the most common, um, but quite often you will uh, be able to compound the interest for the term of the GIC. And then um, there's also options where you can get the interest paid out monthly, which mm -hmm. um, depending on your life stage and how you manage your investment portfolio, we've seen um, some people choose that option to actually live off of that interest on a monthly basis. People do like to compare GICs to bond funds and bond ETFs. And so what people will say with respect to bond funds is that the interest you get there, one of the benefits is it can be reinvested. I'm just wondering with GICs, do we have that option to kind of reinvest the interest? Yeah, absolutely. So if you uh, choose an interest payout that's at the end of the term, what ends up happening is that interest uh, that would pay out annually gets reinvested back into the GIC. But even though that interest is being reinvested back, it's still going to be taxed, right? 
Yeah, so it's all taxed at an interest income rate. One of the interesting things, Mahima, uh, is I really want to get to the bottom of what influences the the rates on on GICs because what happened in December uh, was that the Bank of Canada continued to to raise the uh, their benchmark rate. But yet what I noticed was that at the end of November, some of the top rates for GICs, in fact, went down. Maybe you can just help us understand what influences GIC rates. Yeah, I mean, it's a fairly complicated process in that um, GIC rates can vary by term. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're right, they the way to think about it is as a spread to the Government of Canada bond curve. Now, the spreads can vary depending on competition in the market, but Keeping that aside, um, generally an upward sloping in an upward sloping rate environment, the five-year GIC, for example, will have a higher rate than the one-year GIC, but vice versa in an inverted yield curve, which we're ob- observing currently, you'll see an opposite trend. What happened specifically in November is the market in that spread to government of Canada's was already pricing in um, speculation or what they thought was going to happen with the benchmark rate. Mm-hmm. And so when the government of Canada came out with the projections, uh, or sorry, with the change in the benchmark rate, if it's less than the speculation that was already priced in, which was the case in, in this scenario, you see a decrease in rates. So it's somewhat reactive um, in yeah. that the expectations are already priced into the spread. I, I gotcha. So that's exactly what I noticed. I noticed that the return on a five-year GIC or three or four-year GIC at least is sometimes lower than a one-year GIC. So that has to do with the inversion of of the yield curve, right? So I guess down the road, is it safe to say that people are essentially expecting lower rates in general? That's that's why you're maybe getting paid a higher rate today, lower rate for a longer term? Exactly. So in the future, the expectation is that the interest rates will decrease. And so um, the market doesn't want to be locked into those higher interest rates uh, for a longer period of time. And so the one-year GIC is actually demanding a higher interest rate uh, than gotcha. the three to four-year. Is there typically any difference in returns when you're seeking a GIC for a non-registered versus registered account? They're usually the same, um, but I would really encourage people to shop around because depending on what an issuer is, what their deposit objectives are, there can be promotions out there mm-hmm. um, and there, there can be different mechanisms in market. So it's definitely worth doing that shopping. And this is going to be a plug for EQ Bank. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, because because traditionally, you guys have been at the upper end of the curve when it comes to, to GIC rates. That's also what kind of piqued my interest. So yeah, and that's exactly like, I think uh, there's a lot of alternatives to the big banks that people should consider uh, the online banks, um, credit unions, EQ Bank is a great option there. Uh, because our rates are generally more competitive. They actually always are more competitive than what you can get through direct to consumer channels on uh, with the big banks. And I think mm-hmm. the other piece that's really interesting is most of our GICs for Equitable Bank, which is the parent bank of EQ Bank, is actually mm-hmm. distributed to through third party financial advisors. Mm-hmm. And Equitable, like many other financial institutions, has to pay a commission to those financial advisors for selling the GIC. And that commission is usually 25 basis points. So an EQ bank, because there is no middleman or financial advisor, we actually take that commission and add it back to the rate that the consumer is getting. Um, and so you have that extra advantage of higher yields on, on EQ bank. That, that's really interesting. I had, I didn't know about that. 
Uh, and it's good to know. It's really good to know. So now I guess there could be an option of having a redeemable or a non-redeemable uh, GIC. Just generally speaking, Mahima, if somebody has the option, I know we don't always have the option of enrolling in a redeemable or cashable GIC, but how much can we take out um, for, from those from those plans? Uh, so most redeemable GICs have a predefined lockout period mm-hmm. where you can't actually do anything. Um, so that's generally 30 days or 90 days. But okay. once you pass that lockout period, um, the entire deposit should be available to be redeemed. And if one is enrolled in a non-redeemable GIC, but let's say life circumstances change, an emergency comes up and you need the money, ballpark, like how significant can the penalties be for pulling your money out? I mean, again, it'll really depend on every issuer, but generally mm-hmm. the funds can't really be withdrawn from a non-redeemable GIC unless there's demonstrable extreme circumstances, like mm-hmm. you mentioned, like severe illness mm-hmm. um, or death. And then it's it's really a up to the issuer scenario. I mean, in mm-hmm. a lot of cases, we've I don't want to advertise this as a thing that people go for, but we will just uh, provide the accrued interest to that date. In other scenarios, um, I've seen the interest being held back, but the the principal being returned, for example. In terms of protection for, for GICs, my understanding is that there is the Canadian Deposit Insurance Corporation that will protect at least a certain amount of one's principal, can you just summarize for us like how much per individual uh, is protected when putting money into a GIC? Yeah, so um, GIC, sorry, GICs issued by banks are guaranteed mm-hmm. by CDIC up yep. to a hundred thousand for each individual, um, but it also depends on account type. So RSPs have a hundred thousand. A personal account will have a hundred thousand. Another mm-hmm. a joint account with somebody else could have another hundred thousand. Um, so. It depends on the account type, um, but each account type is limited to 100,000. And then provincial credit union deposits are guaranteed by a provincial credit union fund. So for example, um, it's CUDIC for BC, and then federal credit union GICs are guaranteed again by CDIC. And this guarantee of $100,000, is this kind of per person, per institution? So I guess the reason I'm asking is, can I take $100,000, let's say I put some in with EQ, and then I put some in with another bank, are those separate 100,000s each going to be protected? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay, okay. And then, and just to make it clear, so like if you had 100,000 in RSP at EQ, and then 100,000 in a non-registered account at EQ, that 200,000 yeah. is actually covered. One interesting tidbit that I dug up is comparing a ladder GIC approach, and we're going to get into what this is. But since 2012, a ladder GIC approach has in fact outperformed kind of a diversified bond ETF since 2012 because we had big dips in bonds in uh, 2020 and during the pandemic. And then we also had a terrible year for, for bonds in 2022. So Mahima, maybe you can just briefly explain to us what a ladder GIC approach is. Sure. So laddering is essentially investing in GICs of different maturities. Mm-hmm. Um, so for example, like you might have a one year, two year, three year, four year, five year at the same time, the strategy can help an investor, um, by spreading their cash flows because the maturities happen in different times. Um, so mm-hmm. if a portion is needed earlier, it gives you some flexibility, but, uh, the main benefit is to manage interest rate exposure. So if interest rates are rising, then an earlier GIC maturity can be reinvested at a higher rate. 
And so it gives you that protection and future gain potential. And and just broadly speaking, what have you kind of noticed? Because my understanding is 2022, there seemed to be a lot of money going into GICs with all the market volatility. But are are you also seeing this at at EQ? And when people do this, are you typically seeing people kind of pursue a, a laddered approach? So beyond doubt, this is the highest demand we've ever seen for GICs ever. In, and that includes both EQ Bank and Equitable Bank in its 50-year history. I think a lot of it is tied to the state of the economy and transparently just the yield, like the actual coupon rate on the GICs is quite a bit higher than what we've seen in previous years. We do have some laddering activity, but it's it's a very small fraction of just plain vanilla GICs. When I was going through the different types of GICs, so we kind of talked about the basic vanilla GIC. I, I understand there's also the variable or interest rate linked GIC. So if the, the benchmark rate changes, my understanding is with time, the rate on the GIC can change too. But then the most interesting type that I kind of came across was the market linked or equity linked GIC. Mm-hmm. I didn't know about this at all until I did my reading, but Mahima, can you give us a bit of a background on this? So market-linked GICs are um, GICs linked to a market index um, where the principal amount is protected. So if the market index or the stock, this is a stock market, uh, declines, in all cases, your GIC principal will be protected. Um, Mm -hmm. And then the flip side of that is the higher the market performs, the stock market performs, the higher the return you'll get on the GIC. People have called this like investing in the stock market on training wheels because it gives you that downside protection, but also gives you some of that upside benefit. I do want to caution that these sound phenomenal, um, but the payoff on market-linked GICs is dependent on a formula or rules um, that are usually buried in the fine print. And then also when a bank is creating these instruments, they're not looking to lose money on them. And so they figured out how to create the formulas so that they are gaining on these um, instruments. So from what I have seen um, is that in most cases, you actually end up making more money by just investing in a plain vanilla GIC. If you want the stock market returns, suggest investing in the stock market through some sort of diversified or balanced approach. I, I'm, I'm really glad you said that, to be honest, because I was thinking about, and I'll tell a quick side story before we get into EQ Bank, but so my my dad is newly retired and he has been sending me a lot of information on very conservative investments. So one of the things that came up was equity-linked GICs. And I even sent him an email. I said, I was like, dad, you're, you seem to be interested in getting into stocks, but I understand you're a bit nervous about it. There's some trepidation. And I know you want to preserve what you have. So then market link GICs came up and he kind of take a, took a look at it because I dug up some structured notes uh, from, from some of the some of the banks out there. So for example, a three-year market link GIC, your minimum return is 11% and maxes out at 19%. And then a five-year minimum return, 18%, maxes out at 32%. And so we kind of looked at the data and over five years right now with the GIC rates, with a plain vanilla GIC, you're going to do better than 18%. Exactly. And so with the rest, if you want to get some exposure to stocks, just invest in securities for the long term. So I, I totally, what you said resonates with me a lot. But Mahima, let's get into EQ Bank now, because I've been learning about you guys for the last year. I understand you don't have any branches, you're 
purely digital, but just kind of give us a quick background on the mission and vision of EQ. I mean, even personally, the idea of working for a bank that has a higher purpose is really compelling to me. And so that is um, a big reason why I'm at EQ. But the vision is really to give Canadians a better option for banking. The status quo of banking in Canada has been that, look, we have very strong institutions, um, but they're incredibly profitable. And they're incredibly profitable on the back of consumers like you and I and, and everyone else out there. And it's actually the lower income people that end up fueling that profitability the most. And so EQ Bank's mission is really to drive change in Canadian banking to enrich others' lives. And you'll see that show up in our products consistently is that we are delivering better ways of banking through, you know, higher interest, lower fees, breaking down the um, traditional way of banking that was meant to just serve the banks versus the people. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'll give you a simple example, like most of the accounts out there, you have a checking account and you have a savings account. Um, And that checking account is where you do your day-to-day banking, might actually be where most of your money sits to meet your your monthly expenses, but you don't actually earn any interest on that account. In fact, you're just paying fees. Then you have a savings account where you don't really have any transaction capabilities and you you can earn a nominal interest rate on that savings account, but you have to constantly funnel money back and forth. Mm -hmm. The EQ Bank account, the Savings Plus account, which is our platform product, if you will, uh, it combines a savings and checking account. So you have all the transactional capability of a checking account, but you're earning high interest on the balances every day. And it's so it's those trade-offs that we make on every single one of our products where you'll see, you know, like we have a um, partnership with TransferWise so that you can send money internationally instantaneously at a Mm -hmm. fraction of the cost of going through the big banks or, um, we're just about to launch um, our payment card, which allows you to take cash out at any ATM in Canada with no fees. So you can go to RBC, Scotia, CIBC, it doesn't matter, take out the cash and we'll reimburse all the fees so that you don't get hit. So it's a more convenient option for you. Plus you can use it for e-commerce. If you use it in the States, there's no foreign, ex- I mean, if you use it anywhere in the world, there's no foreign exchange premium. So it's all of these like gotcha moments that exist in mm-hmm. banking that we're trying to peel away and give Um, better options for transferring money internationally so if i was needing to send a sum of money somewhere else let's say somewhere in europe uh, are you basically saying that with eq bank in terms of the fees for kind of sending or wiring that money they're they're significantly lower is that what i'm understanding oh absolutely so we i mean we've done the comparison if you send the money through eq bank with our uh, wise partnership it's up to one eighth of the cost of the big banks so it's interesting instantaneous um the money's already sitting in your EQ bank account, so so you don't have to fund, for example. And yeah, the, the cost piece is significantly less, plus it's incredibly transparent. So instead of charging a foreign exchange markup, which is what most of the big banks do, um, what WISE does is tell you exactly what the service charge is, um, mm-hmm. and, and you can decide to take it or not. Um, but mm-hmm. you know exactly how much money is going to end up in that other account. That's great. I mean, it sounds like you have addressed many pain points that we kind of experience on a day-to-day basis. One thing that caught my eye when I went to EQ Bank's website and I just looked at opening up an account, which I ended up doing, it's, I think you open up any account and you're automatically getting two and a half percent interest, right? Am I understanding that correctly? 
Yeah, absolutely. So that's the other big um, philosophy of the account is that it's the same great rate for everybody. So there's Mm -hmm. no VIP status. There's like, there's no special circumstances. Everybody gets an amazing deal. And so you don't have to constantly be fighting on your behalf, um, which I think is another phenomenon that exists in Canadian banking is you have to Mm -hmm. advocate for yourself. Whereas at EQ Bank, like you can be guaranteed that you're getting a great deal. A lot of healthcare professionals listen to the podcast. So when it comes to healthcare professionals and EQ Bank, are there any specific things that we could benefit from as well? I mean, I think like everyone else, like healthcare professionals care about their money and earning more. And so um, what you mentioned about ease, um, joint accounts, TFSAs, RSPs, if you're looking to open any of those, you can do it all online within a few clicks. So it's incredibly easy um, and there's no loopholes. The other pieces because there are actually so many healthcare professionals in my life personally we've now started um uh, we've now started development on a small business account as well um and so same great features no fees no minimum balances great interest earned um, which i know can be very um relevant to healthcare professionals and so that account should launch later this year as well and it, it'll be kind of one pane of glass as we call it Um, Uh So you'll be able to see your personal accounts and your professional accounts together and move money around um, quite seamlessly. Mahima, that will be a very good thing. A small business Mm -hmm. account. And I I really look forward to seeing that. Okay, Mahima, I want to thank you for your time. I really appreciate you coming on and educating us about GICs and sharing a bit about EQ Bank. No, thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. Okay, take care. Thank you, as always, for joining me. Feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn or reach out at beyondmepodcast at gmail.com. If you like what you're hearing, I'd be grateful if you can share the podcast with two people in your network. Until next time, stay well, stay savvy.